Hello, and welcome to the seventh installment of the Rocket IT podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hyatt, and today I'm excited to introduce our guest, Jeff Richardson of CTR Partners. As a principal at his commercial real estate firm, Jeff and his team have built a values-based organization that keeps clients coming back again and again, many times leading to friendships that endure beyond their business transactions. In today's episode, Jeff gives us a brief overview of how he continues to establish and nurture those lasting connections and the impact they can have over time. Jeff, welcome. Glad you're here. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. So, Jeff, uh, let's get this right out uh, out of the gate here. You and I are friends. We are. And we have done business together. We have. Uh, and I think we started, uh, we really started our relationship as a business relationship, mm-hmm. and that's nurtured into uh, more of a friendship over time. Right. But we've done business together a number of times, yeah, right? we have. So, uh, for our the benefit of our listeners, uh, Jeff uh, and his team have helped Rocket IT with uh, finding space, I think, more than once, mm-hmm. renewing a lease, and uh, most recently, uh, the acquisition of a new building. So right. uh, that's been a lot of fun, but we're also friends, and we've done some fun stuff together. Uh, in fact, we've got a, uh, a relay race coming up. That'll be exciting. We uh, hope. In just a couple of weeks. <laughs> One of us has been uh, training, and the other has been a little, maybe uh, sitting on the sidelines. <laughs> I won't say who's who there, but... Uh, uh, that should be good, right? It should be great. And I think both of us are going to do fantastic. <laughs> I like the optimism. So, uh, Jeff, let's let's dive right in a little bit and uh, learn a little bit about you. So, CTR Partners, a real estate firm, typically uh, you call it a commercial tenant representation firm. Is that, what, is that the technical That's term? Correct, yeah. And CTR actually stands for Corporate Tenant Representation. Oh, perfect. Uh, so, that is very clearly what we do. We, a lot of people hear that name and think we only help companies with leasing, mm-hmm. but we also help companies with purchasing, as you've experienced, yep. and walking through a lot of times to evaluate both sides of those and compare leasing and purchasing at the same time. But yeah, we're strictly on that side of the, the table, but focus on the office and industrial real estate market. Awesome. Uh, so I'm, I'm very interested to hear more about that, uh, but I want to give uh, folks a little bit of an idea of your background. Right. One thing that I was sort of surprised to learn as we got to know one another is uh, maybe it didn't start in real estate, uh, but maybe IT. Can it did. You tell me a little bit about that. It did. I, that's, that's for you particularly, right? For me yeah. particularly, yeah. yes. Uh, I was actually a management information systems major in college. Wow. Went to the University of Alabama, studied that, did, did well, had a great job coming out of school with a company, consulting company here in Atlanta, but based in Chicago. Worked there for three years and really enjoyed the company and the what I got to work on, but I realized into that, that it wasn't the path mm-hmm. that I wanted to go down for a career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so had a lot of great experience, developed and tweaked programs internally to our organization that we served Fortune 500 companies with. Uh, I got to do some consulting in that, but, but long term, it wasn't really where I felt like I was being led. So ended up making the shift from that to a whole separate type of uh, of. Corporate real estate. Uh, well, and even in between that, there was ministry involved. So it was I'm kind teasing. of, a, yeah, it was it was an interesting transition, but it's Absolutely. been good. So I ended up leaving the corporate world for a while. I went to work with an organization here in Atlanta called North Point uh, yeah. Ministries, which yeah. a lot of your listeners Andy may Stanley, be familiar sure. with, Ainley Stanley's Church. 
So I worked there for two or three years, and that was actually a really fantastic experience because I was coaching and leading and recruiting people much older than me and much more experienced than I was. Mm. And I got to watch people who had done life really well, mm. uh, both in business, but also in their personal lives and their families. And that was just great experience for me to see that at that age and be around people who had just really done, done life in a very yeah. wise way. But I had the itch to get back into business. So after being there two or three years, I didn't want to be a pastor. That wasn't my calling. That wasn't where I was being led. So started investigating and really interviewed a lot of people who had been doing what I do now um, and doing other things. But more and more people that I met that do what I do now it became evident that's that's a really interesting career. It's one that I could really get behind. It would it would merge that consulting piece I had before mm -hmm. in the technology realm, but it would merge it with brick and mortar and concrete and and culture uh, of an organization and that was very attractive to me so ended up making the move into that and that's been 16 years ago now wow so wow yeah, yeah. so uh, you know i've teased you several times that if the whole real estate thing doesn't work out call me you know, and, <laughs> you, and it really could go either way you can help us out on the it side to come help me out with uh, faith-based stuff you know i have lots of questions there are always uh, opportunities, Jeff. <laughs> I, you do not want me helping you out with <laughs> IT stuff. Remember what I said? That was 16 years right, ago. Right. You guys know how much it's changed in six weeks. Right, so right. I, I've enjoyed that time, but I'm not qualified. They tell me at the office I'm the resident IT expert, oh, and I'm good. like, guys, you really need to get a new I've IT met expert. Your, I've met your team. I think you probably <laughs> <You're>, are. <laughs> you may expert. be right. You may be right. So uh, I am curious, though. Any exposure growing up to real estate was, I mean, that's, it's a, it's interesting to hear that's three pretty mm -hmm. different fields paths. of study. Yeah, absolutely. Potential paths. So I just wondered, was there something in your life growing up that uh, had some exposure to real estate that drew you towards it? Not really. I mean, my dad, obviously we owned our house and some land, mm -hmm. which, you know, that's not uncommon. And my dad owned a building that he ran his company out of, but it was never a focus. Mm -hmm. uh, I think really what attracted me was the ability, when I had been in that consulting world and I was able to have an impact on clients from the technology realm, I wanted to be more client facing. I, I love the relationship part. That's mm -hmm. one thing with, with management information systems versus a CS major. There was a lot of business interaction. There was a lot of communication. CS being computer, computer science. Computer science, right. Yeah. Um, I had a MIS major and a computer science minor, but I always gravitated toward that business side. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the development piece, but I didn't want to be doing development at my desk all the time. Right. I wanted the client interaction. Right. And I had opportunity to have client interaction in that world, but not as not as much as I would have wanted. Sure. Because uh, I was more on the technical side of the team versus the, the business administration side of the team. Mm -hmm. So I think living and seeing the consulting side kind of helped prepare me. And then when I started investigating the real estate piece, I'm like, hey, this is a great way to marry both of those. I'm out. I like, you know, we've spent time recently in the car. Mm -hmm. um, that's a great time for me because I'm with a lot of people times friends and sure. people that I enjoy. And I'm out outside getting to know them better, spending time with them, but also hopefully impacting their lives and their organization too. So it really married up well. Hmm. I can't I can't profess to say that I was smart enough to figure that out earlier, but the way it kind of unfolded, it's really been right. Been good. So you've gained an interest in real estate, uh, particularly commercial real estate. 
I know that, I think I know that CTR was founded by two others. Mm-hmm. How did you get introduced to that team? How did that work? Very funny story. Uh, yes, the my business partner now, Rob Coatsworth, who you know, yep. uh, Rob was one of the founding partners of CTR back in 1993. Uh, our other wow, it's a good long time. It's great. Yeah, yeah we've been hmm. you know 25 years plus. Yeah. Um, his partner at the time, Kevin Murray, who the three of us became partners after I joined the firm for a few years. He and Kevin started the firm to focus strictly on what we talked about earlier, focusing on the tenant or buyer side of the market. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of organizations out there especially in real estate, that try to do a whole lot of things. Right. We wanted to be very careful and be very intentional with whose side of the transaction and whose team are we really on, mm-hmm. as opposed to you might be driving around seeing our signs everywhere, but then we're trying to help you find something, and how does that make a company feel? Or am I only seeing what you have, or are we seeing the whole market? For instance, we had a client reach out to us, this has been a couple of years ago, but we had not worked with them before, but he wanted us to help him on a release renewal. So we were looking at that and also looking at options in the market. And he had worked with another firm in the past. And he said, well, he goes, they did an okay job, but I was working with them at one point and I drove up and their company is listing the building we're driving up to. And oh, I, I don't know who, who can I trust you not to talk to these people and, mm-hmm. you know, or who's really, who's my advocate. Right. So we really wanted to take that off the table. And Rob and Kevin specifically, when they started the firm, so they started that in 1993. I joined them. I had been in real estate for about a year working on the other side of the table. Oh, I worked yeah, for probably. a landlord um, and a developer for about a year doing some marketing of his buildings, but also doing some third-party representation. It's a very funny story of how we got connected. The gentleman that I worked with at the time was a great man. He really wanted to do development. Mm-hmm. He wanted to have brokerage as part of his organization because he'd always known brokerage. But he was also a scratch golfer. Hmm. And he comes in one day from a golf tournament. I'm working away, and it was just me and him. He goes, I met some guys that want to hire you. What? Your employer. Yeah, (laughs) which obviously, as you said, took me by surprise. Well, there's two things wrong with that. (laughs) One, is there something you need to tell me? And two, I haven't even met these gentlemen, so I don't know what you mean. So that kind of went away, and a few months later, he comes back from another golf tournament, says, ran into those guys again today, and they want to hire you. Wow. So long story short, we set up a meeting. My boss and I going to meet with Rob and Kevin, who were working partners together at the time. And my boss said, well, we're going to go with them, go to them and look at merging our organizations. So oh. we'll represent landlord. We'll do landlord work. They're specializing in tenant work and we'll kind of come together in one shop. So I'm like, okay. So we hmm. go to meet with them, sit down and literally in the first five minutes of the meeting, it was very clear that they had no intention of doing that. Oh really? Huh. And they asked me in the meeting, do you want to come to work for us with my boss sitting wow. to my left? Yeah. So as a young green, just young guy in general and green to the real estate world, I didn't know what to do. Long, again, I keep saying long story short, I'm trying to fast forward some of this, but <laughs> he was really looking out for me. He's like, he, I, boss. My, my boss, yeah. he's like, I don't have the bandwidth that it takes to keep you busy mm. and to have you make a living for your new family. Mm. And I know these guys do, and I know that they will help mentor and shape you. So I owe him a debt of gratitude and I've, expressed that to him in the past. So Rob and Kevin and I started talking. I came on with them shortly after and have been there 
ever since. So that's wow. been 15 plus years uh, we've been together. My so, goodness. Yeah. Huh. So kind of a crazy story how, yeah, yeah. It, how it came yeah, to be. I don't be think I've heard one like that before. It was, <laughs> it was an odd situation. I really did not know how to respond to that. But I'm very thankful that I had really three people right. looking out for my best interest, which is what we try to do now uh, for folks who are working with us. So, so other than young, green, family starting, Jeff Richardson needing a job, mm-hmm. what was the attraction to CTR and what Kevin and Rob had started? Great question. One thing, and, and this kind of dovetails into to being young and green, I knew that I could go there and really be uh, mentored. Mm-hmm. I knew that they cared about people. I knew that they wanted to do business the right way. And I knew that they wanted to, they weren't looking to hire me as just another agent, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, they were very strategic in how they grew their company. They had kind of resisted growth. Um, yeah, for the growth sake, firm, we're right? a very small at firm, time, right? and that's intentional. We right. tell clients that all the time. We've had larger firms approach us numerous times over the years, before I was there, and since I've been there. Hey, we love what you guys have created. We love your relationships. We love your model. We want to fold you into our organization, and and that's not really our heartbeat. Our mm-hmm. heartbeat is to be a small company that we can we can sit down and spend time with clients. And a lot of times, it may not be talking business. It may be talking family. It may be talking faith, it may be talking, you know, health issues, whatever that is, we right. want to be available to do that and not have more bureaucracy holding us from that. Mm-hmm. So it's been very strategic um, to remain that way. Uh, but I could see from Kevin and Rob their desire to really have succession planning. And it wasn't, hey, come in and be a partner. It wasn't that. You had because to earn. they're much, much older than us, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> there was definitely. For our audience, r- they're not that much older right (laughs) but we like to say they are (laughs) um but yeah obviously you have to earn those things right it's not something that's given but i could tell that they had a long-term commitment to the process right uh, which attracted me as someone who was new but also i could just tell they approached business and relationships the right way Mm -hmm. and that really was the the piece of the puzzle and fast forward a few years after i was then a partner, my wife and I were going to an event one evening and we were just talking about the company and, you know, kind of the structure. And I made a comment to her, and this is something I tell people a lot. I was like, you know, we have the business. Rob and I could go sell bicycles if we needed to sell. That was the illustration I used. It just mm-hmm. pulled out of my brain. But we could go do a lot of different things because we have the people part figured out. I can trust him. Hopefully he can trust me. Mm-hmm. And we know that each of us are going to be pulling the right, the same direction and we know that we can trust the other to do what they need to do. That to me is the essence of a good organization. We are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. There are times I get frustrated, I'm sure he gets frustrated, but we know at the core that we can lean on each other and that we're gonna put the client first above our self-interest. Right. Uh, so that's really, I think the secret sauce of a lot of organizations, and I've talked to people who haven't gotten that right, mm-hmm. and it can be a very long and arduous road, either when it unwinds or to deal with that in the midst of it. So I'm very thankful for that. So I'm curious, from the outside looking in, uh, and I feel like I've got a pretty close view mm-hmm. of your, your organization, your team, seems like you're a purpose-driven, values-based organization is that something that's sort of wear on your sleeve? Is that something you sat down and said, okay, this is our purpose, these are our values? Or is it more just, you know, this is kind of who we are and we come in and we're, we're who we are? 
Was there an intentional sitting down and figuring out what those purpose and, and values were? I would say both and. Hmm. Uh, I think there is some intentionality behind that, not not in a way to be something we're not, but in a way that we want to make sure that we're communicating to the community and the clients that we serve of really where we stand. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is some intentionality about, okay, what do we communicate? How do we communicate that effectively? But we're a very, would say almost a laid back organization. The fact that we just want to be who we are doesn't mean that we don't learn and we don't be better and we don't try to new things and we don't innovate, but we also are comfortable. We want to be comfortable with what we're called to be doing. And Rob is really a good reminder for me and, and hopefully I am for him of in those times where it's easy to shy away from that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Really what are, we've talked about this. Why are we really here? And there are too many instances and I'm sure everyone has those, right? Where you're, you're doing something with business. It might be buying a car. It might be buying a computer, whatever it might be. You're dealing with people who are only interested in what they're getting from the transaction or from the relationship. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. That's life is too short for that. From our perspective, we, we were walking through a place yesterday and it was it was an old it was a commercial property where there was a house on the property and it made me realize it was an abandoned house and I was standing on this back porch thinking man how fast this goes there's trophies in the floor of their kids there's things that have just been left behind and it makes you realize how quickly this life passes mm-hmm. and how quickly the transaction passes but the relationship should withstand that and if we can continue to focus on that. I think that serves our clients better, and I know we enjoy that more. You don't become best friends with everyone you work with. We hope to, but we want to go into every relationship with that intent mm. and 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 hope and pray that maybe that does happen. Right. So, and I think it probably often does. Is it, my observation. Yeah, you know, it does. It does a lot, and it's that's very rewarding when that's the case because it just it just makes life more enjoyable, and it does. And candidly, it helps out, hold us more accountable. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're working with a friend, right. <laughs> you've got a lot of accountability there, right? It's not just, oh, well, if this customer or this client isn't happy, we'll move on to another customer. Well, it's deeper than that. Like, I don't want to lose my friend over this either. So right. there's also built in accountability for us when our, I mean, we want to do that for every client. But as you get to know deeper that person, that that helps everyone do their job better. Yeah, I feel like, so. yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You know, just this morning, I ran across a uh, it was a YouTube video, and yeah. it, and I don't know if you've heard of this fire movement, the financial independence retire early fire. Right? I've not heard of this movement. Uh, okay, but. so this is a, well, you know, we're probably too old. Right, we're past that. We're <laughs> right. past. We're past all uh, of that. But I was watching this video, and the guy was talking about: Is it possible to retire early? without the financial independence. Hmm. So if you uh, are ready to live the lifestyle of a retiree, but you don't yet have the financial security to do that without some sort of income. And so he's basically talking about, well, you know, my wife and I, we bought ourselves an Airstream and we travel around the country in our Airstream. We live uh, sort of a retiree lifestyle, but they're earning money uh, through uh, posting YouTube videos and blogging and uh, probably other resources. I, I only watched it for a couple of minutes. But the point he was trying to make was 
a lot of folks believe that their career is this thing that you sort of have to do to get set up for a retirement later. And so we're going to do the hard work and the heavy lifting now so that we can enjoy uh, life a little bit later. And his point was, look, maybe you can do both. Maybe uh, there are ways that you can build a career and still do the things, uh, have the freedom uh, that you might enjoy in retirement. And I just, you know, I like that. And what I thought to myself was, well, I, you know, at, at least in my case at Rocket IT, I, I'm pretty darn happy doing what I do. And, right. uh, and there is uh, freedom to uh, spend time with uh, my team or to spend time away from the team. You know, those things can happen. And it sounds like that's similar to what's happening at CTR is you guys are building a business where you're happy to come in and be yourselves and enjoy uh, those relationships and the uh, freedom of deciding what you're going to do and what you're not going to do while still earning an income. I wouldn't call it a retirement life just yet, maybe, uh, but a very enjoyable life that also happens to pay the bills. Completely agree with that. And we, we talk about that in the, organ- in the office a, a good bit because we do the same thing with vacations. I mean, how many people do we interact with? And, and I'm guilty of this too. Of, you know, we, we work a lot of hours each week and then we can't wait to get to the vacation to, to not work. But we put ourselves through all of this sometimes pain to get mm-hmm. to that point. And again, it, to me, life is a little bit too short for that. Uh, what, what are we living for in those months before the vacation? I, I, I don't, I don't know what I would do in retirement and I'm not, I don't consider myself a workaholic, but I enjoy the, the relationship side to where I have a place to go every day. I have relationships to deepen. I have clients to serve. And if I just walked away from all of that and played golf or went for runs or whatever, mm-hmm. Would, would that be rewarding? Would that be, I don't think so. It would be for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I think, I, I think how we are very blessed and very fortunate to be able to, to be balanced in that, in that perspective, yeah. I feel like. So I, that, I would agree. Awesome. A, yeah. So for our listeners, I'll just say, here's the experience that I had with CTR. I, I actually, I'm trying to remember, it's been quite a while ago, but uh, my recollection is Kevin and Rob and I were all at a chamber event Mm -hmm. and they reached out to me after the event and said, hey, we'd like to get to know you, come out to the office. And I did. And we sat down and we just spent a little time getting to know one another. got to see the office, hear what you guys do, hear what I do. But I didn't leave that meeting thinking, Oh, they were trying to sell me, uh, or the, you know, they were trying to close a deal or anything like that. We I felt like they had a genuine interest in me, and I had a genuine interest in them. And we walked away with a new acquaintance that uh, uh, we continued to nurture after after that. And eventually, that led to, hey, I, I'm going to move. I'm going to move my office from one building to another. I need help finding it. Who do I know? And didn't take long to say, oh, there's there's a Rob and, and Kevin uh, over at CTR. I'll give them a call. I like them. I trust them. I just need some help, so I'm going to call them and get some help. And that worked out, and they were able to help me find a new space, and, and it all worked. I did find myself after that thinking, huh, 
was that the plan all along? You know, did, did I fall into that clever <laughs> trap, right? Uh, but, but it felt uh, very genuine to me. It felt very real. And, you know, I'm in a high trust business also, by the way. You know, folks, folks don't just hand over the keys to their uh, IT infrastructure right. without having some trust in place. And so I think you and I have that in common and that we're both in these high trust uh, fields. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love it. And I've emulated some of that uh, in my own organization of, hey, I want to make sure that I'm building uh, real relationships with members of our community. I think people do business with people that they trust and that they like. And uh, if we are just carrying out who we are as people, then the business will will come, you know, and, and that has turned out to be the case. So that's kind of a statement of what I experienced. The question is, is, is that something you've codified? What's, what's your process? How do you establish trust uh, in a community? What is your process for, for building relationships? Well, first of all, I want to say I'm, I'm thankful that you took the time to come to that meeting. And, and I think that's exactly, we, look, we are not salespeople. I mean, is there an element of sales to our daily life? Yes. I'm not wired as a salesperson. It's not my makeup. I never thought I would be doing it. My dad owned his own company. He got a paycheck every two weeks. I mean, I never thought I would want to be the owner of a business when I watched what he did. Right. and watch the hurdles and the struggles that were there. So I don't see myself as a salesperson and let's go out and get to the next transaction, next transaction, next transaction. We have built our business over time based on those interactions. And there's countless meetings where we just, we truly just want to get to know this person. And there's, I mean, numerous times we've met with people, the same story. There's no real estate requirement even on the horizon, but we enjoy this person and we get to know this person. And then months or years later, they're like, hey, we have a requirement. Can you come work with us and help us with it? Or I know somebody that does. Right, 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 right. right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And there's, I, I, you asked if we codified that. I, I don't know if I would go that far. I just think that's kind of our DNA. We're mm-hmm. relational beings and that's what excites us. So we just spend time doing that. The challenge, I think, that a lot of organizations feel today, and you guys, I'd be interested to get your opinion on this and what you guys see, with this, even in the last 10 years, right, in the last five years, our world has become so much more fast-paced. Mm-hmm. Technology has changed it even in that short amount of time that, you know, years ago, it was kind of expected to take a meeting when you didn't have a requirement necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just get to know this person, especially when you're a smaller community. Let's just get to know this person. Mm-hmm. Well, those times and opportunities have shrunk mm. in our busy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have some to get someone to have lunch just to have lunch sometimes, yes. right? And that's a struggle for us because I think not just how it impacts maybe our business, but I think it's a struggle for us because it's a it's kind of a glimpse into what our society is becoming. Mm. How how deep are our relationships? Or are we just having lunch with somebody when we need something? Right. And that's something we have to battle against because people think, oh, you're calling me because you you think you may think my lease expires in a year. Right. Well, most of the time I'm honest about I have no idea when their lease expires. Or even if I did, I don't trust that date anyway, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> right. So I, I I think that's a, a 
it's just a little disturbing on our society overall, mm. just trying to find those times to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is how we've built the business over years. Do we do prospecting? Of course. I mean, right. that's part of business and we try to do that. But we really enjoy those times where we get to meet someone with nothing on the table mm-hmm. and they call us in six months and say, hey, come in and do this. This happened to with another client just couple of years ago, the same thing happened. And we've helped them renew their lease. We've helped them expand their lease and they're raving fans. Yeah, awesome. uh, So we love doing that. And then hopefully even more enjoyable is when we're able to have lunch with somebody and they say, and I'm sitting on, you need to meet so-and-so just what you're saying. I love getting the phone call on the way home from John who says, Hey Jeff, I met Ra or I met, you know, Rick today and that's fantastic. Like we're going to do business together. Mm. Well, that's again, that's what our community is supposed to be. And that person to person connection, I think is important. So I don't know if I answered your question, um, <laughs> but that's the, ex- that's what we've experienced. Right. I feel like, right. So, well, you know, uh, it reminds me of our fr- mutual friends, uh, giant worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we, we both know that uh, organization. Yep. They have a saying, uh, a relationship before opportunity. Right. And I think that's so important. Uh, there are, uh, we've become a very transactional society. And then, you know, we were, when you were talking, I was just thinking about, all right, I've got, and I'm sure you do too, we probably all do, a mailbox just full of unsolicited invitations for lunch, right? Quick five minute chat, quick right. question, right. you know, that sort of thing. And far and away, they are all, yeah, I want to talk to you because I saw this thing and I think you might want to buy it. Right. I mean, that's, that's what it is. It is transactional on its face. It is transactional on its core. And there's no interest. There's nothing around relationship there. And I'm, I'm not going to respond to those emails. I'm not going to respond to those phone calls. It is rare, I think, uh, for someone to reach out and look to build a mutually beneficial relationship with no expectation of opportunity. And part of it is maybe a sign of the times who's got time for that. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I love about you uh, and about your uh, team is that you have codified that, Uh, you know what, we're, we're not, that's not us. We're going to pursue the relationships and we're going to believe uh, that uh, the opportunities will come along. That's a great way to be. I would agree. And I'll I'll give Rob credit for this. It was a number of years ago, we were just talking through this subject again and trying to think the best way to approach it. And he said, you know, I just feel like, and from a faith standpoint, he's like, I just feel like God's telling me that we just need to love and serve people, Mm. whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. The rest of that will take care of itself. And and now (laughs) it may be somewhat of a simplified approach. Um, we, we just added a new person to our team who came from more of a corporate world. And we were talking today, and he loves that. He's like, that's my heartbeat. Um, but sometimes people look at that and say, that, that's, that's too simple. Like, that's not, that's not a process. But it reminds me of what my job is every day. And it doesn't necessarily mean, do you hope it impacts your bottom line? Of course. But that's not what you. That's that's not the number one thing. Mm-hmm. What, what am what am I what am I being called to do today? How am I supposed to serve someone else? And if if I can do the right thing in that, regardless of the outcome, 
I can lay my head on my pillow at night and be okay with it. Awesome. So, so I'm glad you mentioned the new team member because yeah. that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. is as, as you build your team, and I know it is a small you know, organization, but uh, that can make it actually harder to add a team member and integrate them. If adding one person is a 20% increase in the workforce, that's a big deal. That affects everybody. Uh, and so how, how, do you, how do you use your values and your principles uh, to integrate, to select someone and to integrate them into your team? It's a great question. We are not always good at that because you're right. We're an organization where if you hire someone, that person can't go sit in a cube and hide. I mean, there's six of us in our office. Not too long ago, there were four or five of us in our office. So have we always got it right? No. But in the last few instances, we have seen where those people have crossed our paths. And when they have we've known we need to make room for that person on the bus. Um, we, we don't have, and a lot of real estate companies, and a lot of companies overall, especially sales organizations, grow because they add salesperson after salesperson after salesperson after salesperson. They say, hey, you guys go figure it out. We're going to sit here and open the checks when they come in. I mean, that's a lot of times the way it's done. And going back to how we started the conversation, that's not the way I was brought in the organization. Mm-hmm. I was brought in the organization very specifically and very thoughtfully on, okay, we're going we're gonna to teach this young green guy how we approach relationships in business, which I was already had that, a lot of that was already there in me, mm-hmm. but wanted to see it in that real estate world. We have decided over and over again that we're not going to go hire the guy. We've met with people who have, from a sales standpoint, have a spectacular resume. If you did a test, if you did a personality test on them, they would qualify as a very hard charger sales oriented person. But when we have lunch with them, you can very easily tell it's not about the relationship. Mm. It's about the transaction and it's about what am I going to get from the transaction and the, the approach to the relationship prior to a transaction is not what we would want to have said about CTR. Again, I want to caveat this to say we are not perfect and we do not get this right all the time. There are instances where we have failed at this, but that's our heartbeat and that's our goal. But for instance, we've hired two gentlemen, one about three years ago, uh, one just last week wow. uh, who has joined our organization. And they're both wired in a way that they love to connect with people. But they don't do that in it's a... It's one of our values, by the way. Right. Connect with yeah. people. Yeah. They don't do that in a salesy way. Mm-hmm. Hey, I just want to know you. Mm-hmm. Let's connect. And that that's very... That's who they are, first of all. So it's rewarding for them. And I think that sets our business up for success going forward. We're not going to approach it as a, as a salesy pitch meeting every time we're talking with somebody. Yeah, we want people to know what we do. Uh, but finding those people who have that heartbeat is hard. Who who have the go get it attitude, which every entrepreneur needs, right? Mm-hmm. That's what these guys these guys are entrepreneurs. They're able to build their own book of business as part of the firm, and we all work as a team, and we all pull the same direction. But they also have that very important. Man, I care about the person. And right. the last guy we we hired. I've had numerous people tell me, I've known him for a number of years, I've had numerous people tell me, he's like, man, he just cares about me. Mm-hmm. 
He just cares about me. And regardless of a business transaction, I don't have many people who take the initiative to call me and ask me how I am. So those guys are doing that and they believe in those relationships. And I think that is, that's, that's the secret sauce. I feel like because you can find somebody like that, but it's hard. So my guess is the sum of our listeners Mm -hmm. uh, are probably thinking to themselves one, wow, that's a really slow way to uh, grow an organization. If we're not going to be hard charging, if we're not going to be focused on the transaction, if we're going to be focused on building relationships and then just believe that some sort of uh, magic will happen and, re- and those right. transactions will come, you know, there's probably some skepticism there. And then I would think that the other part of it is uh, also maybe some skepticism of, oh yeah, that's not going to work. If I, if I call up, uh, you know, if I'm Matt and I'm calling up uh, Jeff and, and I don't know you, hey, Jeff, my name is Matt. I'm with Rocket IT. I'd love to just get to know you, man. Right. <laughs> can right. we, can we yeah. go just hang out and yeah. go have lunch or whatever? Challenge. I'm thinking a lot of folks are going to say that would never work in right. you know, my organization or that right. would never work in my life. My point in that is that uh, I uh, have experienced this too. You guys have been at it for 26, 27 years. I've been at it about 25 years. It is not the uh, you know to, to borrow the uh, the company rock rocket rocket ship <laughs> right. up into the stratosphere of uh, building a business, but what I like about it is I think it builds a business that has staying power, that is less susceptible to market conditions and uh, you know whatever happens to be going on in the news that day. If you've built a business built on relationships, then I think that that is the kind of business that can withstand whatever the economy is doing, whatever's happening outside of that relationship. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And a lot of that is out of our hands too, right? I mean, it, it's, we've been blessed, mm-hmm. um, but it, it isn't. The, and, and there's an ego thing with this. I mean, like I said, we just brought someone in from a large corporate setting who was leading a sales team and there's all kinds of metrics. There's all kinds of reports. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on with that. Welcome to the world headquarters. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And there's a lot of ego challenge to me going, I'm bringing this guy in who's a lot smarter than me. And another, the other gentleman we brought in three years ago is a lot smarter than me in a lot of different marketing ways and things like that. But I'm hearing these guys say, man, this is so refreshing Mm -hmm. because we're, we're leading with the right things first. Right. Right. What I will say as far as regard to staying power I would like to sit here and take a lot of credit for that. And yeah, we've done this and this is what happens. That can change tomorrow, right? Who knows what can happen? We all have to hold this with an open hand. But I will flash back to the recession. We had a lot of people ask us, man, how did you guys survive, mm-hmm. you know, 2008 and right. 2007 and what happened? And and our story is, man, we were, that was probably one of our busiest years we've ever had. <laughs> right. Now, that I imagine all, there probably were opportunities for folks that are, yeah. Downsizing or moving to a different space. There were a lot of, we, we were very, very busy. Now, does that translate to the best bottom line we've ever had? No. And was it always fun projects? No. We had friends calling and say, man, we didn't do anything wrong, but our market is gone and we've got this building and we don't know what to do with it. Right. And it was a lot of hard conversations and it hurt because your friends were going through hard times. But from, um, they still called us like, hey, I trust you guys. I need somebody to bounce this off of. Come talk to me about it. Right. Um, so I think that speaks to the level of trust that was created through those years when things were good mm-hmm. uh, to where people did call us. 
And a lot of times, you know, people, this isn't necessarily with your question, but I think it's related. A lot of times our clients, they don't want to move. Right. And I tell them, it's a, I wouldn't want to move pain either. In the neck. We just, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. just moved three years ago. Like, I don't want to do that again. Right. But they call us and say, hey, we need help figuring this out. And a lot of people think, well, I don't really need to, to engage a real estate company unless I want to relocate my business. Mm. You really need a real estate company if you want to stay where you are or if you want to relocate. Mm. And I say you want a real estate company you can trust. Right. Because a lot of times landlords will only, they'll do better deals for new companies coming into a building mm. than they will for existing companies. Mm. And we try to help level that playing field. So a lot of times people call and say, hey guys, we don't want to move, but we need you to help us with this right. and figure that out. And that's another instance of that where they trust us and say, hey, we value your opinion, mm-hmm. not just, hey, we need to move. We value your opinion on what what, what do we need to do? So Absolutely. Well, you know, speaking from my own personal experience, I've, you know, leased a space. I have uh, renewed an existing space. We've uh, moved out of a space and bought something. So we've so I had several different experiences over a long period of time. And the thing was, is that, you know, out of probably thinking maybe there were four or five transactions over a span of 15 years or so, probably three or four of those were, I've done this one, this is my first time doing this. Right. You know, I've never done this before. And uh, this is my first time. So I don't know what I don't know. Right. Uh, I don't know the questions to ask. I don't know what's normal. If uh, something that seems perfectly uh, reasonable to me might be completely out of the stratosphere with what the norms are. So I need somebody, a trusted person that can be an advocate for me, really, to say, okay, uh, Matt, yeah, yeah you're, what you're saying here makes sense, but did you know that uh, here's an opportunity, there's an opportunity that you might have considered, uh, and by the way, that, thing, that other thing that is on your list, probably not going to happen is nobody ever does that. You know, so right. it just helps right. uh, to have that, that have perspective. A sounding board. Absolutely. And so again, I think that's where the trust relationship comes, but that, that does, you know, bring a question is, you know, we know the, the, the golden rule, uh, but how important is it and how do you go about putting yourselves in the shoes of your clients to really go to bat for them as if it was affecting you personally? Is that something that comes easily to you? Is that something that you have to, struggle with there are days it comes very easy and then there are selfish days where it comes hard just be very transparent yeah it's like there are days where and that that goes back to to our partnership and our team because we all are very transparent and we're all we're all working as a team Mm -hmm. we're not siloed we help support each other it doesn't doesn't impact compensation it's just we're all on the same team i need that as a human being because there are days I walk in the office going, man, I just want these three things to happen today because it benefits me. It's just a challenge. Right. Yeah. So I don't want to sit here and say, oh, well, we got all that figured out and it's easy and we always do that. But I have a group of people holding me accountable to that. Right. Um, yeah, that's good. Just the other day, there was a situation that came up and it was a frustrating situation for me. Someone walked to my office just talking about something else. I was like, I got to have a servant attitude about this. Like mm-hmm. I got to have a servant attitude about this particular problem. And it, it is sometimes fighting your humanity, mm-hmm. if you will, and your right. selfish nature, but we know how, how, how do we want to be treated? Right. I mean, if I went somewhere 
and I wanted someone to help me buy something and I didn't trust that they were putting my best interest. They just wanted a check from it. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't sit there. And, and, and to your other point, it's a slow way to build a business. Well, if I kill a referral, that's killing my business. So if right. I don't put your needs first, not only is it not the right thing to do, mm -hmm. it also impacts me negatively because you wouldn't use me again if right. I was not looking out for you. So there have been times where we, we just met with a client in the last year. I said, man, we need to look at this and what do we need to do? And we're like, I wouldn't do anything right now. You, you've got plenty of time. The market, you know, we're all, everyone asks me all the time, well, what do you think about the market and the elections coming up and what does that mean? I'm like, if you can sit and wait a little bit, I would sit and wait a little bit. So it's telling people the right thing, not, it's telling people truth. It's not telling people what either they want to hear or what you want them to hear. It's telling them to the truth. So I love it. So uh, we're, we're getting close to the end of our time together, but I do have a couple of questions for you on one on that topic is, you know, we were talking about that when, when I came to you with various transactions, many times I didn't, you know, I had never done it before. And so tell me about that client uh, education component is, is that something that you have to be very intentional about is okay, I've got, you know, here are the nine things that every customer needs to know. I need to teach them these things, or is it more, I'm going to listen for the opportunities and step in. What, how, what's your process there? Usually listening because every client's different. We have clients have done this numerous times, uh, yet they still come to us and ask us for our opinion. And there's some reasons behind that we can unpack. But really it's listening and trying to understand where that customer is, where that client is, and what has been their experience. And then, again, we're, we don't come in and beat someone over the head with, with what we think is right. Mm -hmm. We share our opinion and we share our professional experience with them. You know, the the perfect scenario is when someone invites you into a relationship to help you, have you help them with something, mm -hmm. and they listen to you. Yeah. But I want that listening to be when they're ready. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you kind of have to to bide your time a little bit. And yeah, you have to be patient. Mm -hmm. and, the, and, and candidly, I love the folks who've never done it before. Oh, yeah. Because it takes me back to where, wow, I can... I really can add value here. If someone has done it before, they know what to ask. Now they need to know what the market's doing and mm -hmm. we add a lot of value. I don't, I don't mean we don't add any value, but it's fun to see those people who haven't done it before goes, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. What do I do? How do I do this? And then to step into that and try to calm mm -hmm. that storm and bring things to a finite point, that's really enjoyable. I love that. But it is great when they invite you into the process and they listen when you tell them something doesn't mean they have to agree. Right. But let's have a conversation. What do you think about it versus, well, this is what we're going to do. And I'm like, well, but you invited us in, like, I'd like to share with you what we think, you know? So, right. but there's always that, that listening part needs to come first. Does awesome. that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, look, this has been great. I do have a couple of sort of lightning round okay. type questions for you. Uh, so I am curious, uh, what are you reading right now? What's What has your attention? I was afraid you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> I have three kids under the age of 12. So you're so reading children's books. I, I'm reading children's books at bedtime. Well, and I then I can't I hold my eyes before open. Before you had those kids, you were reading children's books. No, <laughs> no, those are coloring books. Um, yeah, I, I unfortunately don't have a lot of capacity right now to read. Yeah. Um, I'm reading some things through some 
church related stuff I'm doing, but it's not really book stuff. It's just Are you a podcast guy, YouTube? Video, I do listen to some podcasts. Um, my wife and I have a show. We usually watch it like one episode of a show a night just to kind of, right. once the kids are in bed, unwind we unwind bit. a little bit. We do the same thing. Yeah. So we're doing some flashbacks to some shows that are older now mm-hmm. that we're going back and rewatching like Friday Night Lights and some other things. Uh, I do listen to Stuff You Should Know podcast. If you oh, ever, no, ever listen to that, it's huh. it's very interesting. Stuff it talks it talks about random events in history hmm. uh, or random things that have happened that are just very peculiar and interesting, which I find interesting. So I'll listen to that. And then this is a podcast that kind of opens the door on my upbringing, but there's a uh, Marty Smith's America. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's a guy on, it's an ESPN guy, but he's kind of rural West Virginia raising and he talks about stuff that I experienced as I grew up. Oh, really? So oh. in Alabama. Mm. So I listen to that just because it's entertaining and funny and those nice. kind of things. So, but yeah, unfortunately, not a lot of time for reading. Uh, or if I do have time, I can keep my eyes open to, to right. actually finish the book. So. Right. Well, look, uh, I'd love for you to share uh, how folks can reach out to you yeah. if they want to get to know you. Uh, go have lunch. Uh, boy, right. your phone's going to be ringing off the hood. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what's What's the best way to reach out to you, Jeff? Uh, two ways. You can email me uh, at J, just the letter J, Richardson, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N, at C-T-R partners.com or feel free to just call my cell phone or text me. Uh, that number is 404-313-1298. Wow. That's brave. Look at that. Hey, phone's going to be ringing off the hook. That's, that's fun, right? That's awesome. Okay. Well, look on that note, I think it's time to wrap things up. Uh, Jeff from myself and our listeners. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Matt. I really enjoyed being here. I appreciate the invitation. Good to see you. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Rocket IT Podcast. We hope you found today's episode insightful and inspiring. Quickly, a plug for Rocket IT. We work with businesses, nonprofits, and municipalities in the area of IT security, uh, strategy, and support. To learn more about how Rocket IT can leverage your organization's technology, keeping you ahead of the competition, visit rocketit.com. Again, should you have any question about today's discussion, email us at podcast at rocketit.com or catch us on any of our social media channels. Thank you.